0: Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103
1: and my first guest this morning made headlines a couple of weeks ago when she got to pole dance to her idol songs at his gig. Maria Potuchukan is from New Ross in County Wexford and she realised a lifelong dream when she pole danced at Snoop Dogg's gig in Belfast. But she's not just a dancer; she has so many different strings to her bow, and she joins me this morning on the Sunday Grill to tell us more. You're very welcome, Maria.
2: Hi, how are you? I'm very happy to talk to you today. I'm so
1: happy to talk to you as well because you have so much going on in your life. Let's start with your performance with Snoop Dogg because this isn't a professional performance, is it?
2: No, it's it's not very professional, but I can walk you through to how everything yeah. went on and Tell how me. it started basically, yeah. So it was actually very crazy. I remember during Covid Snoop Dogg was meant to come and perform in Dublin but that was obviously cancelled and that was the time that I started ball dancing and I was since then manifesting the fact that I want to dance for him on stage and perform with him and so then a few years later I hear about that he's coming as well, and I could see some of my fellow pole dancers in America touring with him and performing with him on stage, but I had no idea that this would actually happen, and I stumbled upon an audition on Instagram, and me and my friend Sinead, we decided to audition. So we were training and preparing for it, and we had to send off a few videos, So that's what we did, and we were honestly just praying every day that we get it because it's such a big thing for pole dancers in Ireland. Like you'd never imagine for such a big gig to happen, Uh and yeah, so we were shocked. And then, just one random day, I get a message from uh, the manager Nicole. She was also pole dancing with us, and um, she basically asked me to have a call with her. And I already knew that I got through, and. It was just so crazy. <laughs> Amazing. Why why
1: Snoop Dogg? Like he, He's your idol. What do you love so much about Snoop Dogg?
2: Yeah, so I, I kind of grew up listening to him. And I think a lot of people can agree he's just an idol for a lot of people. Um, and he's always just a very cool and genuine guy. And after actually spending time with him, um he did really live up to my expectations like you'd imagine him as being so sweet and kind and just chilled out and that's exactly how he was um so how many songs did you dance for um in total so we did the gig in Belfast and in Belfast I did seven songs and in Dublin I did seven songs and then we had to come out at the end of the show as well and Uh, Do a little move on the pole and that was it.
1: That's amazing.
2: And did
1: you choreograph it or was it what what you showed him on the video or showed his manager when you sent the video audition? It was absolutely freestyle. Wow, okay.
2: Yeah. And had you nerves or how did you feel? God, I I was so nervous. Once we got it, me and Sinead were panicking. We were like, are we actually good enough for this? Like, is it going to go well? We were very nervous, but then when it actually got to the day and the first, the second I walked on stage, all of the nerves went away and the adrenaline kicked in and I was like, wow, I want to do this all the time.
1: And this isn't, this is a hobby. Am I right in saying that or is it a bit more than a hobby for you?
2: For me, it was definitely a hobby. I would love to do more with it, but for now, at the moment in my life, it's definitely a hobby. I don't get enough time to do it. So this was absolutely insane for me to be able to go on stage with him and actually perform.
1: It's Amazing. Uh, you've just done so much in what age are you now, Maria? About 23. Is that right? I'm 24. You're 24. So last year you represented Wexford at Miss Bikini Ireland. Yeah. OK, you had a phenomenal leaving cert. Am I right in saying that? <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> and you are an engineer now, is that right?
2: Yeah, I do software engineering at the moment.
1: Okay. Um, so, like, are you very ambitious? What would you say has motivated you?
2: Yeah, I've just always wanted to do a lot of different things and try a lot of different things because I've never really stuck to anything. Um, I've tried many types of dancing, tattoo. I did tattooing and I draw as well. I tried loads of different types of drawing. And yeah, I just love like exploring new things and I love being able to make money from a lot of different things as well. So all
1: very creative. So how did you end up being a software engineer? Not that software engineers aren't creative, by the way.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I get what you mean. So <laughs> basically, um, after I finished school, I actually didn't know what I want to do at all. And my family really wanted me to do art because I was good at it and I, it kind of made me happy as well. So I applied to a few portfolio courses and I was thinking of maybe getting an apprenticeship in tattooing, but actually I just randomly got a scholarship from NUIG in Galway and I decided that maybe it's a sign, maybe I should actually get a degree in something else and do art or something creative on on the side. So I couldn't pick, I couldn't decide what I want to do and there's been a lot of engineers in my family, so I thought why not and it seemed interesting to me. Because you have to use a lot of logic and stuff like that. And you're enjoying it. Yeah, it's it's very hard, but it is it's it's entertaining. How is it entertaining? Um, it's kind of like solving puzzles all day. Oh. Like it's 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 hard. Okay.
1: And your other hobbies, the Miss Bikini, for example, you know, your dancing, does that mean that you have to keep up a lot of training with all of that? That's
2: Yeah, I do tend to train every week. Like I go to the gym and then I try to allocate a few days for pole as well. So, yeah, I try to stay active, go for walks and stuff like that. Okay. And any plans for the future? What
1: would you like to do next then?
2: Oh, yeah, I have a lot of plans. I definitely want to dive deeper with pole dancing because this showed me the abilities I have and the potential I have. Mm -hmm. So I definitely want to do something with that maybe in the future open my own studio and maybe even perform in theater and maybe try traveling around and doing pole in different countries. And how did you get involved with pole dancing? How did
1: you start off? Because pole dancing is something that was quite big, I think about 10 years ago and people were incorporating it into exercise classes. I don't see it around as much anymore.
2: Yeah. So when since I was a kid, I was just very mesmerized with it and i just seen loads of videos online and like in movies. I was like, wow, this looks so badass. I really want to do it myself. And then one day I just decided to go to a class and I actually thought it was so hard. I was like, I'm never going to be able to do this. And I decided to give up classes and got a pole for my house. And I just started doing self-training.
1: What's hard about it? I hear some people say it's the abs, is it? It's kind of getting yourself up there is the hardest part.
2: Yeah, so it's the abs, it's the your arms, your back, basically your whole upper body. Like, you need a lot of strength. But another thing is it's very painful at first.
1: Oh, okay. In what way? Your hands or just all over?
2: All over your body, yeah. you, you Like, you need the grip of your skin. So it's like it tugs and pulls in your skin. So you just need to get used to it, and then it doesn't hurt anymore. But at okay. the start, it's
1: it's just very intense. And is there a specific move that you like the best like what do you like doing when you're on the pole Uh, um i love doing splits on the pole oh wow okay because it's very effective yeah i'd say so good stuff well i can see how you ended up performing for snoop dogg and when you had made the headlines you were in belfast and you hoped to also perform in dublin and that came true towards the end of march did they contact you again then to go and perform in dublin
2: yeah so they actually asked me um, when I was in Belfast if I'm available for Dublin and I said yes and then they contacted me by phone again and I, I kind of already knew that I'll get it I was just so confident after the first performance. Wow
1: and, and you say you manifest you manifested this is this something that you do regularly?
2: I do yeah like I, I tend to Think positive And I noticed that whenever I think positive and I'm just so sure that something will happen, it always happens.
1: OK, so you, you believe something is going to happen.
2: Yeah, you have to have absolute you have to be absolutely sure that that's what's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, congratulations. A dream come true and a dream that you manifested as well, which I find Always so interesting. That was Maria prochukan She is from New Ross in County Wexford. She danced for Snoop Dogg, not just once, but twice at his gigs here in Ireland. Did you get to talk to him, by the way?
2: Yeah, we actually got to uh, spend some time with him after the first show for a few hours. So that was really, really cool. So and what did you do? Just in- hang out or what did you do? Yeah, just hang out, have a few drinks Um, in the, our dressing rooms. It was kind of like more like a studio. So we're just like having drinks, listening to music, talking to the whole crew. Brilliant. And is he as chilled as you thought he would be? Yeah, he's absolutely how I imagine him. He's so chilled, so sweet, very nice person.
1: Yeah, he comes across so well, doesn't he? I know there's a, a kind of a whole... Parody of who Snoop is and what he does, but I think really he seems like a really genuine person who really believes in himself. I think he's someone who manifests as well.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Brilliant. Well, look, congratulations. A dream come true. And thanks, Amelia Maria, for talking to us on the Sunday Grill this morning.
0: The Sunday Grill on Beat Two One Hundred
1: It is Beat One Hundred Three on this Easter Sunday and today is the biggest day of the year for a certain fluffy creature known as the Easter Bunny. There are many Easter Bunnies around the world and they're usually very secretive about their work and their life after Easter Sunday. But this week, after months of investigations, I got to sit down with a very important Easter bunny that is heading up the hunt in Norr Valley Park in County Kilkenny. This bunny, who didn't want to be named, has been very busy and met up with me while he was hopping around for the egg hunt.
3: Hi, I'm the Easter bunny and I'm here at Nor Valley Park in County Kilkenny laying my chocolate eggs all around the farm. Been really busy getting all my Easter eggs laid all around the place. It's hard work laying eggs. Do you know Easter bunnies could lay eggs? Hold on, my tummy's rumbling here. Oh, oh, oh my tummy. Hold on. There you go. I laid a cream egg. <laughs> well
1: oh. done. I didn't realise yeah. Easter bunnies could lay eggs. Oh, that's
3: where they get all the Easter eggs from we us easter bunnies go around laying them all easter
1: so you're very busy today
3: very busy very i think i've laid that's my 102nd egg today so i'm it's been hard work but you know there's so many kids wanting to come and uh do the easter egg hunt here i need lots of lots of chocolate eggs so i'm here laying eggs busy busy keeping everything going i know loads of fun though
1: and tell us, we're here in Nor Valley Park, so really lots of acres here. Have you have you hidden the eggs well this year for I Easter? Did.
3: Very well hidden, very well hidden, because, you know, I've only got so many eggs in me, so if I don't hide them well enough, they're all gone too quick, so we have to make it a little bit tricky for them, you know what I mean?
1: So tell us what you do when it's not Easter, Easter Bunny.
3: Well, I, uh, I kind of take a little holiday for a while. Me and the Tooth Fairy are good friends. Sometimes we go off and relax, Caribbean nice certain times of the year and uh, you know we we have to go and you know work out go to the gym stay fit stay healthy i eat a lot of carrots you know keep my energy up get my weight up laying eggs takes the weight off you see all that chocolate there's a lot of calories in that i have to build all those calories up all year so i'm out sometimes i go visit santa claus a good friend of mine you know he's always keeps a few extra chocolate chip cookies for me he's been collecting and uh, over. and i just carve up you know bulk up you know get myself in shape ready for next easter
1: and tell me what's your favorite type of chocolate milk dark or white
3: Do you know what i i like it all i i my I, my specialty is is milk chocolate you know that's that's what i produce the best um um, the milk chocolate breed there's a few easter bunnies around you know some produce white chocolate some produce dark chocolate we're all different colors different kinds but all chocolate's good there's no um there's no chocolates one better than the other
1: and uh, have you brothers and sisters then
3: oh she's no rabbits we breed like rabbits there's there's loads of easter bunnies loads of rabbits but you know <clears throat> i am the main i'm the leader of the of the easter family you know and uh, you know we keep going we, you know we all work in different parts of the country Different areas, you know. I'm covering Kilkenny. Uh, my my sister, she's um, she's I think up in um, Dublin somewhere at the moment, you know. But we move around, you know. But I'm I'm the I'm the top top Easter bunny. I look after everything, make sure everything's running right. And do you like it here at Nor Valley Park? Oh, I love it. I love it. You look at all the f- animals and all the the fresh air and you know, they're, yeah. they're little rabbits. Oh, Are them. they your children, Easter bunny? They're t- in training. In training. You know, there they'll be a few years yet before they're big enough. They, I oh, don't eat any of the little Easter eggs they produce. They, <laughs> they won't taste nice. They haven't got the down the formula down right.
1: Well, thank you for talking to us today. That's fine. Happy Easter.
3: Happy Easter to you. I must go hip hop around and uh, talk to a few more little kids. I'm going to do some little photo sessions with some of them now in my photo booth, just to have a rest from uh, being busy laying all my Easter eggs.
1: Okay, it's a very busy time for you. So I I hope you're looking forward to your Caribbean trip.
3: Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I really am.
1: I know if he went hopping around, hanging out freshly laid Easter eggs. That was a new one on me. That Easter bunnies lay Easter eggs, and having goes on the playground slide at Norvalley Park in County Kilkenny. If you're looking for something to do today, uh, Norvalley Park is open for their Easter hunt until 4 p.m. This is their last day of their Easter egg hunt. You can book in by going to Norvalleypark.com. And if you see the Easter bunny, tell him I said hi.
0: The Sunday Grill on Beat One Hundred Two One Hundred Three.
1: It's the Sunday Grill here on Beat 102.103 OK, time to look at things to do on that second week of the Easter holidays in Castle Discovery Park in County Kilkenny has lots going on Cathy Purcell is from the Discovery Park and she's on the phone to tell us more You're very welcome Cathy
4: Thank you very much for having me Orla
1: No problem For people who don't know Castle Discovery Park I would just sum it up for people
4: well, well, it's probably one of the best adventure parks in the whole of the country. We have 80 acres of woodlands and lakes, and on that, we have so many things to do. We have two high ropes courses, one brand new one, which I'll tell you about later because it's so exciting. Um, we have pedal boats. Um, we have children's play areas, low ropes, archery. um Playgrounds. We have a cafe on site, and we have a woodland cafe. And for Easter, we have a Minions uh, Easter egg trail. Okay,
1: let's start for the kids off. to enjoy. And and but it's not just about kids, is it? Like if you don't have kids, still going to Castle Comer Park? Oh. There'll be lots to do.
4: Oh my God! Well, I always think that. It's the perfect date place. Um, we <laughs> because there's so much to do. There's so many romantic walks. We actually have just recently refurbished the uh, purple route. We call the purple route. It's five kilometer looped walk around the park, and it's been completely resurfaced. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, and then we have Ireland Song the zip wire, and we've had people ninety years old. Um, jump off that um so and then we have a craft yard here um with lots of craft makers so you can browse around look at the different artists and residents and mm-hmm. craft makers we have we have a museum coal mining museum which is very interesting 45 minute interactive museum so there's there's kind of something for everyone i mean a lot of people just like to come have a coffee just walk around the park mm-hmm. cuz it's stunning
1: how long is that longest zip line in in Ireland, Cathy? Uh
4: three hundred and eight meters over two lakes.
1: Oh, okay. So that's what a third, a third of a kilometer. You're up there, and how high up are you? Um, at the highest point, it's thirty
4: five meters.
1: Okay. <laughs> so not for the faint hearted.
4: <laughs> it's not, but I tell you, one of the most exciting things that we have at the park now is our brand new ropes course called the Skywalk Challenge it is so cool it is three three levels okay uh three meters six meters and 11 meters okay. um so it has 40 games it's about over two hours of activity so believe me if you do
1: that now you definitely need a bun and coffee afterwards <laughs> <laughs> and what sort um, of activities so it's, so you're it's up, really good and you're up on a height what sort of activities are you doing up there then
4: well, it's a series of games. So we would have 40 sections over three levels. Okay. And so you have to maneuver all the games. And don't forget your six meters, 11 meters, three meters up in the air, and you're, it's all moving parts all the time. So <clears throat> it's it's challenging, you know, it really is challenging. Um, but fun, um, good, fresh outdoor fun go screen free for the day that's kind of one of our things that we like to promote is to really reconnect with nature mm-hmm. and you know go away from the screens bring a picnic you know you don't have to go on any of these activities here bring a picnic just come walk around the park get a coffee in the in the cafe or even new cafes opened in the visitor center okay
1: so the skywalk challenge what age group would you say that's for kathy
4: that's for over sevens. Okay. And um, there are some height restrictions on it. So if you're um, between 1.2 meters and 1.35, you do need an over 16 to go with you. Okay. Um, but it's kind of all over sevens can, can go on it. And okay. same with our octagon high ropes, which is another high ropes course we have. That's over seven as well. And um, then for under sevens, we have as I said, the Minions Easter Egg Trail. Oh yes,
1: tell us about this, because this runs even after Easter Sunday today, doesn't it?
4: Um, we're running this actually to the end of April because it's it's not a traditional Easter egg. It's a Minion themed scavenger hunt okay? and the kids go around the park. They have to find all the clues. They also can do a craft, a Minion related craft and they get a nice prize at the end.
1: Lovely stuff, and they're learning lots of stuff in there as well, aren't they? Along the way,
4: yeah, it's an educational, a lot of emphasis on education because we have an education program here. Like, we welcome a lot of schools, and I'm glad to say we have a lot of school tours booked in for May and June. And, um, but we're very, very, um, committed to
1: education in the area of biodiversity, <clears throat> climate change, and environment. Lovely, lovely stuff going on in Castle Comer Discovery Park. Important to say that it's a not-for-profit organisation as well, isn't it?
4: Yes, we're a social enterprise, so we're a not-for-profit organisation that was founded to help redevelop the town, regenerate the town of Castle Comer. Really, after the coal mines closed and a number of years of decline, I suppose economic decline, and really the park has been transformational to the town now mm. we've we welcomed about 155,000 visitors last year oh. and all the shops in the town will tell you that they see the bounce from that um even the local um uh, supermarket they would say during the summer before that would have been their like you know really quiet period they'd nearly lay people off for the summer period mm-hmm. and now it's buzzing it's the best season of the year for them now.
1: Oh brilliant news and how long has it been there at the Discovery Park in Castle Comer?
4: Um, since 2007, okay. and every year, it started with the coal mining museum,
1: uh-huh.
4: and every year now we've been adding on and adding on, and add. so every year nearly we have something new, like we have lots for the little kids as well, have a low ropes course, we have a giant bouncing net, last year we added on kayaking, we got brand new pedal boats, and this year we have the Skywalk Challenge. And coming soon is um, what we call the free fall, which is a mini bungee jump off that skywalk
1: challenge. <laughs> a mini bungee jump. I don't think even. A mini I, 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 jump. I don't think I could even do a mini bungee jump. How how mini is I, mini? Eleven meters. Okay, that's not mini. All right. So, when can we look? <laughs> when can we look forward to seeing that, Kathy? Um, I'd say we'll have that by May. Okay. So not for the faint hearted. And is that seven plus or a little bit older as well, do you think?
4: That's seven plus also. Okay, good stuff.
1: So if you have an adventure in your life. and they want to start off with a um, a mini bungee jump and then that <laughs> skywalk challenge as well and, and lots of other stuff going on on Castlecomer Discovery Park in County Kilkenny. Um, of course, all through Easter and beyond. But where to get more details is their website. It's discoverypark.ie. You're really busy, Cathy. So thanks a million for talking to me this morning. Thank you so much. Lovely to speak with you today.
0: The Sunday Grill on BEAT 102-103
1: Well the new six part documentary TV series Food Matters presented by DIY founder Mick Kelly kicks off on RTE this Wednesday at 8.30pm It's set to visit three counties including Waterford and Jade from BEAT News spoke to Mick Kelly during the week and he explained to her what the series was about It's
5: a six part series uh, that is trying to look at the I suppose, the, the people and the projects that are trying to build a more sustainable food system from from the ground up. So um, we've got uh, themes that we're sort of exploring around how to make the, the food system more sustainable. So things like um, loving soil and eating more plants, um, following the seasons, supporting local food producers, wasting less food and so on. So really just trying to... Meet some very inspiring people on a kind of a journey we went on around Ireland to to see um, meet people who are trying to do things a bit a bit differently, you know.
1: Mick also spoke about the shortage of vegetables in Ireland.
5: Well, um, what's interesting, I suppose, about it is that it's it's at the moment it's it's a very narrow range of veg that we're we're having a problem with. So so like green peppers, tomatoes um you know cucumbers so it's the sort of i suppose what you would call the mediterranean uh, kind of vegetables um which at this time of the year we we are importing from places like holland and spain um and the reason that there are shortages is because of the because of i suppose climate change the impact of climate change on weather patterns so um just horrendous weather that they've been having in those countries um, over the winter months means that they're not able to produce them as much. And I suppose we we, we then see shortages um, on the supermarket shelves here. But I think what's interesting about it, I suppose, is the, um, you know, it, it highlights for me, I suppose, the fact that we're eating, you know, so unseasonally, we're eating vegetables, you know, in in March or April that are that are um, obviously not available in Ireland yet because they're not in season but so we we therefore have to import them so I think I think the focus I, th- I think in the media has been largely around the shortages as opposed to the fact that we're we're eating the way we eat now is 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 eating these you know vegetables that are not in season at different times of the year um I think that's the part of it that's really interesting you know
1: he also says that eating seasonally is important
5: um yeah well I I, I suppose it's uh the way we eat now tends to be it's it's a sort of a mono diet where we eat pretty much the same things all year round you know and and um whereas I suppose even going back maybe 20 years ago uh 30 years ago we would have been uh, following the seasons so in other words eating what's available at different seasons in Ireland at, at the time and generally speaking at this time of the year we're sort of still in the sort of... You know winter veg, so the the kind of the the root vegetables like carrots and parsnips, the you know leeks and kales and cauliflowers and things like that. Um, as we get into the spring, then we see you know we see the the um, the the leafy greens like you know new season spinach. We've got rhubarb, we've got uh, peas and beans start to come in. And then over the summer you have the sort of you have you know the fruiting vegetables so things like tomatoes, peppers, cucumbers. Um, you know then into the autumn squashes, pumpkins, um, obviously all the fruits like apples and uh, pears, um, blackberries, all all the kind of um, uh, hedgerow fruits as well. And then back around into the winter when you're when you're back into the kind of root crops and things that grow under the ground. So it's. You know the, there's a sort of there's also a kind of a wisdom in that seasonality i think that we've we've maybe disengaged with as consumers that you know i i think eating seasonally is also the healthiest way to eat because you're eating you know what your body needs at different times of year so in the summer you're eating vegetables that hydrate you like tomatoes and cucumbers and in the winter you're eating like starchy root crops like that are warming and earthy and so on so I think by following the seasons you're also you're you're eating food that's you know what we're supposed to eat at different times of the year but you're also eating food that's at its most nutritious and and because it's so fresh it's it's at its peak nutrition and it's also at its most delicious at that time of the year.
1: Mick had some advice for people who want to support local producers.
5: You know, what we wanted to highlight, first of all, in, in that episode is, is how difficult it is for, for Irish uh, growers at the moment, because they've, I suppose, in real terms, the price of veg has actually decreased over the last 10 years. So even though we have, you know, food inflation, um, vegetables are, are one area that it, they've just got cheaper and cheaper um and in the last year in particular because of the war in ukraine um you know the price their input costs so their the price of fertilizer the price of uh, energy and so on has gone through the roof and so an awful lot of um you know and, and also all of the competition i suppose they have from you know from the dutch and the spanish growers um uh you know it's, it's just a really really difficult time we we, we feature one guy um in the in the episode for uh, called Cahal lennon who was um one of the biggest cabbage growers in the state and he went out of business last last year and you know he was just highlighting how challenging it is and how you know unless we support uh veg, irish veg growers across all the different stakeholders in the food system so and we all have a role to play like the, also as consumers for sure supermarkets wholesalers um, government, you know everybody needs to play their part. I think as consumers then, you know we, we genuinely need to seek out Irish veg and at a simple level, like that's about going to supermarkets that support Irish growers. Um, you know, look look for Irish veg and buy them when they're there. you know't don't, don't always go for the same tree vegetables that you always buy. You know, look for what's in season, what's Irish. That's that's a very simple little thing of of just checking the packaging to make sure the veg is Irish. Um, and you know, if if you have the, the option, if there's if there's a farmer's market nearby, um, fantastic. You're generally going to find more more Irish veg at a farmer's market. Um, but, you know, I think at a simple level, it's really about voting with your wallet and supporting Irish growers in when, when you're in the supermarket.
1: And you can catch G.I.Y.'s Mick Kelly as he travels across Ireland to meet with farmers, food producers, experts, climate experts and activists on Food Matters, a six part series starting this Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. on RTE1.
0: The Sunday Grill on Beat 102, 103. Five
1: counties, one station. This is Beat 102, one. A charming thief, and a band of unlikely adventurers embark on an epic quest to retrieve a long-lost relic. That could be anything, from you know,
6: Indiana Jones.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. It's just when
6: you were reading it, there, it's like it feels very Indiana Jones. Indiana yes. Jones trailer was on before it as well, and maybe, maybe be like well, excited for that Indiana as well.
1: Indiana Jones is back.
6: Yeah, yeah, just going
1: Who's going to be Indiana Jones?
6: Harrison Ford is back again, like
1: not as Indiana. Yeah. In the 70s. Yeah, and then 80s. Phoebe
6: waller Bridges in it as well. So. Oh. It's going to be interesting. And like. does
1: the trailer look good?
6: I'm excited for it. So okay. it's going to be good. When is it? Oh, Jesus, I don't know.
1: All right, you should know that. <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons is actually what we're going to review this week. Um, it's Honor Among Thieves. I, I feel like I know loads about Dungeons and Dragons because loads of my students are really into the game that is Dungeons and Dragons.
6: I've never, ever played it. Yeah, it's and a I, funny one. I want to, but I don't know how to get into it.
1: You have to be a character. One yeah, of, you have to make your character. This is the thing that blows my mind the most when it comes to Dungeons and Dragons. One of my students a few years ago made a radio documentary about okay. it. And one of his contributors said that he was the same character from when he was about eight years of age. Yeah, you are saying this. Did I tell you this? Yeah, Hopefully yeah. Hopefully not on air as I tell the story again. Up till about 22. And... In a particular game, his character got killed. Yeah, and that was that, and it was like he was mourning.
6: But the, like, it's 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 essentially it was a video game, like mm. a World of Warcraft or like something like where you build up a character before computers. Essentially, yeah. it was just like sheets of paper and all that and everyone's kind of gone back to it now and now yeah. they're, people are embracing technology with it
1: uh-huh. rather
6: than like pushing it aside they're using the pages and the sheets
1: and there was a series at one stage wasn't there a cartoon series or something like that probably before your <sighs> it could time have been. but
6: there, there was I know like well Stranger Things does a lot of it with Dungeons and Dragons and then like Community has a couple of Dungeons and Dragons there episodes you as well they found
1: that niche now yeah, we it's, have it's, it's fun. this movie the first of a Dungeons and Dragons
6: it, like it's one of those things where like thank bit to God, join something a new franchise comes appears like this. You're mm. like, are they setting up for another movie? Uh, like, is it that they're trying to set up a universe kind of a thing? This could have a sequel,
1: ah, but okay.
6: they don't directly set one up. They don't have any underlying plot lines left over to be like, oh hey. Do what? you
1: not think though, Brian, if a production company gives a movie a tagline, so it's not Dungeons and Dragons, Honor it's Dungeons and Draven, Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Do you not think they're just presuming that there's going to be another one?
6: See, I, I don't know. I feel like they literally did say we're going to make the best one we can. And if it goes well, it goes well. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Okay. There's no point making like five movies and then. Will we have a listen? Yeah.
1: I went into this going, oh, no, again, Dungeons and Dragons, and left smiling after watching this trailer.
3: We're facing the greatest evil the world has ever known.
2: She's executing our people.
0: This is unlike anything we've ever seen.
3: What's trying to kill us this time?
5: Pretty much everything.
2: The magic is on a whole other level.
3: We're outmatched. How are we gonna defeat them?
0: I know what to do. I can ask corpses five questions and then they go back to being dead. Maybe I'm not saying it. Yuck. Wonderful. Were you
3: killed in battle? Yes. Great. Four more questions, right?
0: Yes. No,
3: no, no, that, w- that wasn't for you. Did that count as a question? Yes. Damn it. Only answer when I talk to you, okay? Yes. Why did you say okay at the end of that? I didn't. Fantastic. Where's the shovel?
1: That just made me laugh. And, you know, I've seen lots of movie clips where you know, they repeat the joke again and again, which is kind of what they're doing there. And it never makes me laugh. I was like, oh, this is
6: funny. It's almost as I? if they made it in a way of like when they were lo- what they're like, as a viewer, they're like, you get sick of this joke if it was done too much. Yeah. But that moment you're talking about in the graveyard, like that was funny. That was properly yeah. funny. Like
1: Proper like, 1980s gremlin style fun.
6: I said this to my friends when we're watching. It feels like a 1980s action yeah. movie. And yeah. I, I like you really feel that like things are kind of over the top sometimes. But it's in a fun, mm. silly way, like like the scene in in the graveyard. They have the whole thing is there's a spell that you need to ask. Like you can bring someone back from the dead, but you have to ask them five questions before they can die again. Okay. And sometimes they only need two questions worth of answers off mm. them. So then they just rattle off three questions, and then it's just it's it's just silly fun, do you know.
1: Yeah, and. I- Maybe that is why the Indi- Indiana Joneses of the world are coming back. That we exactly. need this sort of, you know. Light, fun. Mad cappy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's
6: it's kind of one of those things. I always feel like there's a difference between like cinema, film, and like movies.
1: Yeah.
6: And like cinema is kind of like the the big spectacle, like the three hour long, like mm. once upon a time in Hollywood. Film is kind yeah. of like the more experimental style, kind of stuff. And movies are just things you go with your friends, you, you get popcorn, you laugh, you yeah. have a good time. Yeah. And this definitely falls into that oh, kind of category, love you know? It.
1: Huge amount of stars in this Hugh Grant.
6: Yeah, Hugh Grant is 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 deceptive in it. And he's been deceptive in the gentleman as well. Mm. Like he kinda like since Paddington too kind of revitalised his whole career mm-hmm. and he's just playing weird people now and he seems to have a great time doing <laughs> that you know okay. and I, I'm happy for him
1: Chris Pine in this too um, of course Chris Pine who was part of a really ridiculous controversy I can't believe we're bringing Venice up I thought these days were over uh, with Harry Styles remember there was the whole thing of whether he he's had been spat on yeah. he's since come out and said that's ridiculous ah, that didn't look. happen you know Michelle Rodriguez in this too and Justice Smith a name I really yeah. I don't
6: know why so he's in he was in detective Pikachu he's actually oh, been in okay. a good few things like he's he's an act, he, I remember him if you've seen, seen the get down on Netflix mm. that's what I always recognize him from and okay. that was if you've never seen that that's fantastic okay. but uh like he's he's a solid fun kind of silly actor like you know so it, it kind of fits because all the actors have like Michelle Rodriguez I feel like not enough people appreciate her like she was in avatar she was in fast and Furious. yeah she's in this Loft. Yeah, like she's been in a lot of things mm-hmm. and she's like quality all the time. She she's always quality. badass in all of them. Like, yeah. like Reggie John Page is in, a, in this as well. Like, okay. and He's like this badass warrior. Sophia Lillis was in it. And like you have people that have been in big franchise movies uh-huh. just have, like it really feels like they're just enjoying themselves.
1: Okay. Now for, you know, people who are really big Dungeons and Dragons fans and are very invested in it, will this hit what they want from something like this?
6: So... I don't know a lot about Dungeons & Dragons. Mm-hmm. I don't want to even consider that I do. Like, But I haven't seen a lot of people complaining about it. Okay. And I feel like it's one of those communities that be like, oh, they're using this spell wrong or that's not the effect that that happens mm-hmm. or that's not where that is. And I feel like it's genuinely a movie made with respect towards the game. Like okay. they, they were like, okay, what items can we make? Because people make campaigns the whole time for this. People make their own campaigns. Uh-huh. So for a story to happen... There is limits and stuff you can go with. It. Honestly, it's surprising that there hasn't been more Dungeons and Dragons mm. movies, because you could literally whip out another campaign with a whole new set of actors in like a year, two years time, and mm. I think like that would be fantastic. Like a new Dungeons and Dragons movie, completely different people. Maybe they, some of them, pop up in it as like this overlapping group of people.
1: Are we in an, a universe where where are we?
6: It is well, like it's it's very kind of fairy taley type universe, okay. and there is points where there are kind of other groups of characters that you feel like are al- almost alternate right. versions of our group yeah. but it's like it it definitely just feels like a group of people doing like many groups doing the same campaign Okay, and it, do, it does feel like it was people just having and fun and what is
1: their aim in this campaign
6: so it's basically chris pine's daughter is been taken by hugh grant because they he's been conned he's a hugh grant's a con man okay. throughout the movie he cons everybody and he's basically taking Chris Pine's daughter and he has his, like, riches and he, he wants to just be as rich as possible. And he's Chris Pine is She's trying to get his daughter back. But Chris uh, Hugh Grant has kind of conned the daughter into thinking that, oh, the father left because he just wanted money. And then there's, like, the whole thing of father-daughter kind of a thing as well. Which is it's, it's actually quite sweet as well. It's not too... Like, Chris Pine's wife also gets killed because of him. And it's, like, this whole thing of him getting revenge for that and getting his daughter back and not wanting okay. to lose her. So... It's 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 quite deep as well, but also at the surface level, it is okay. a fun movie. Like, you know,
1: uh, have they magical powers?
6: Some of them have magical powers. One okay. of them is a wizard, but he's not very good. Okay, and so one of them can like shape shift.
1: So does that mean the marvels of you know fans of the world will enjoy something like this? Or
6: yeah, like it's it definitely a different vibe to mm. to Marvel. It does it does feel a lot more kind of like Stranger Things vibe. If you're into okay. Stranger Things, I feel like you like this. Yeah. Um, it does have that kind of supernatural element that Marvel would have, but it's definitely not as gritty, really. Okay. Like, Marvel has kind of become, like, it's always set in the real world. You know, there's mm. always, like, real people and mm. real things happening. And this is like, ah, uh, whatever, okay. like, you know, crazy times.
1: Okay, good stuff. We'll be Black Pudding It. It is Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I'll give it, like, a
6: an eight, 8.5. Okay. It's good. It's a fun movie, like, you know, it's it's not... It's never going to break any box office records or be like the top movie of all time mm-hmm. or anything, but I definitely go see it. Like it is, it's there's a lot of good stuff coming out at the minute.
1: Yeah, and in time for summer as well, kind yeah. of that fun summer type of movie. Well,
6: the, the whole the whole thing is Barbie and Oppenheimer now. That's the day, twenty first of July is the now, day. Now
1: the trailer came out this week. Yeah. Did you enjoy it?
6: I've watched it like six times. Me too. Yeah. I really enjoyed I, it. The
1: part where she takes her it. shoes off and, and she's still the pointed shoe. Tippy-toes. Yeah. Yeah. Love it.
6: It's gonna be. Phenomenal.
1: Did you know Nicola Coughlin was in it?
6: I didn't. Nobody I like did people I. there's three people from Sex Education in it as well, oh, like really? which I didn't even realise. Yeah. yeah. So
1: I suppose the trailer that we saw, I remember we chatted about it at the beginning of the yeah. year was so we couldn't even play it on air because all it was, was a little bit of music yeah. and some shots. They've kind of really given us the idea of all these Barbies uh, and Ken's.
6: Part of me thinks it's gonna be kinda like don't worry, darling. Okay. Like, cause I like, there's a, there's a. So a bit
1: sinister.
6: Well, I don't want even a sinister, <laughs> but I feel like there's gonna be a whole thing of like going to the real world and all that. Like, okay. So, okay. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You never all right.
1: know. And um, when did you say Barbie's out?
6: Twenty first of July. So okay. A bit of oh, wait um, left. Yeah. Oppenheimer the same day.
1: And, and the depth of summer, so we'll be looking towards autumn, and I don't want to do that. No. Oppenheimer, what's that?
6: That's the same day. That's the one. Uh, Christopher Nolan. It's like Killian Murphy is okay. starring as the Oppenheimer. Okay. As the the launch of the the nukes in Japan okay so, so it's like be for a certain type it's of the, person, the two yeah, opposite movies opposite. on the same day like
1: okay and again if you just want to go and have a little bit of fun eight and a half black puddings for Dungeons and Dragons which is out now it's been a great year so far for yeah. movies hasn't it yeah
6: and, and like Air and uh, Super Mario are then out this week and it's, they okay. look they look great as well I haven't well, seen them yet now so
1: alright but let's live in the now Yeah, Dungeons, Dungeons and, and Dragons. Dragons what did we say the tagline was again
6: honour amongst thieves
1: honour amongst thieves eight and a half black puddings out of 10, I'm sure black pudding could be a weapon in a Dungeons and Dragons type scenario. Potentially. Potentially. Thanks a million, bro No bother.
0: The Sunday Grill on Beat 102 103.